This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're going to be looking at the radio industry today, and it's a very interesting time, of course, to be looking at any industry, but the radio facing challenges, like is the rest of the uh, the media sector, and indeed anybody in business is, um, has got some challenging days behind it and certainly ahead of it. I've got some interesting guests today to talk about radio. Joining us from Publicis, where she's commercial director, is Jody Fraser. Welcome, Jody. Thank you. I noticed you've um, spent nearly your whole career in um, agency land, except for, I think for probably a, a little bit over a year out in television. Is that right? That's correct. Good stuff. Um, Peter Whitehead is the Chief Commercial Officer at ARN. Welcome, uh, Peter. And I think you've started the year with the, am I right, the number one FM breakfast shows in Sydney and Melbourne? Yeah, we have. Number one FM breakfast shows, number one national network. I can keep going if you want me to, (laughs) Joe. That's enough of a plug. They, of course, the, uh, they run the KISS and the Pure Gold networks around Australia. And the man responsible for a lot of the advertising we hear on radio is Ralph Van Dyke, founding creative director from Eardrum, which is an specialist audio ad agency. Welcome, Ralph. Thanks, James. Good to be here. Um, I should, a little disclaimer at the start here, we're all in our remote studios, of course, at the moment, which for most of us means home, our, our remote offices. So um, if there's any sort of extra weird noises that happen from time to time, that's uh, what's going on there. Look, I thought I might start off and, and talk a little bit about the, um, you know, COVID-19. It's impacting all businesses, as I mentioned at the start. It's disrupting the way Australians consume media. We're certainly not aware of how that's going to end up, but but we're certainly seeing some patterns um, emerge recently. We had some interesting SMI data just out today saying that, look, the ad wipeout that a lot of people are expecting mightn't be as bad as some people thinking it could be. They uh, SMI saying the April decline could be about 25 to 30% which certainly isn't a good figure, but it's it's not as bad as some people were saying. And then we also saw some IAB data this week that said uh, up to 85% of brands, their spending pattern is being impacted by um, COVID-19 uh, responses. And that might mean, um, look, they've had to really review the way they spend. They might have had to stop a spend or some have increased the spend. Others have decreased the spend. So with all... Bearing all that in mind, I might start with Jody. Um, what what sort of radio consumption trends do you think we might see in the sort of near to long term? Well, I mean, I think now more than ever, people really want to be connected um, and 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 keep up with what's happening in the outside world. So, you know, we are expecting to see um, just as the same as we are with television, people sort of turning to radio more and more to get information. And, you know, also music, it's the it's the great equaliser. It really brings people together and, and lifts your spirits in these um, confusing times. So um, we are expecting to see listenership go up and we're also receiving a lot of information from all the radio networks on, you know, what's happening out there now. Um, some really good information. So that's what we're expecting to see over the next six months okay but peter i mean we we only get surveyed sort of eight times a year and there's going to be a little bit of a break this year because of the the nature of the diary system um but do you already what sort of data do you get through that would 
uh, would let you update us on what sort of might be happening out there in terms of listenership? Um, oh, well, look, we get various data. I, I guess firstly in terms just to echo Jody's uh, sentiment about the confidence around radio, there's one thing I, I did want to say. If you look at consumer behaviour right now, firstly, it, it's all about proactive purchasing. And, and I think you've seen an absolute change in what we're doing. We're, we're out there... Uh, scrambling to get basic groceries and health masks and hand sanitizers, and we're gearing up for quarantine living. So we've seen an increase in online shopping. We've seen a change in the way that we do things. We're waiting to see whether the spread of infection will increase. So we're sort of we're, we're on the edge of our seats. And the one thing I want to say about radio that it still provides that routine and familiar that people are craving right now. So uh, again, as Jody said, it's the role that radio is going to play. It's that. A trusted medium, it provides a sense of comfort, a sense of support and a sense of community and will continue to do so. So people are going to want to want that sense of normalcy as we go through what we're going through now um, and particularly those living on their own. You know, you've got young and old people out there that need that companionship that radio is going to provide. And if you look at, at what radio can offer in terms of normalcy, whether they get it through Kyle and Jackie O or Fitzian Whipper or Neil Mitchell or Amanda Keller, um, just just a routine. Uh, and the more we isolate, um, we're, we're more and more confident that all audio formats are going to continue to flourish and we're going to see more, uh, an increase in, in home listening. Um, and it doesn't matter if the platform, it could be radio, it could be podcasting, music, streaming. And from a streaming perspective, as people settle into the home office, I guess to answer your question around what we're seeing, we are seeing a, a significant up tick in consumption. Um, our data shows us a 20% increase in iHeartRadio sign-ins last week. And based on that live iHeartRadio data, which is a fairly hefty sample, it's about 1.1 million listeners. We've seen app registration grow over 30%. We've seen radio consumption as part of that grow close to 20%. And podcast audience growth is up circa 30%. So the pandemic is definitely driving audio consumption across all those platforms. Just on that, um, Peter, you, so you run music stations, mainly FM. You've got a couple of AM music stations. So do you, do you think there's been, has there been any more people turning to AM for, for news and current affairs, more so than music, or do you think music's getting its fair share of bump as well? I think you find it's both, James. So what you're going to get with the AMs especially is people craving an update, need to know what's going on, waiting for Scott Morrison's next, uh, press conference, but at the same time, they're going to want an escape from it. So the FM stations, the music stations will provide that distraction from the crisis and the AM stations will provide those updates that they're also craving. Ralph, um, from where you are, I mean, you get um, briefs from um, people wanting wanting to, to, for you to do ads, make ads for them. Do you get an indication of... Um, how much you're in demand as to how healthy the sector is? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I think we kind of are slightly uh, ahead of the media bookings. Um, they'll, they'll, we'll, we'll get engaged by the brand and start thinking about it and uh, they'll have a plan, they'll have an outline of when they're going to be on air, uh, but we can get under work, uh, underway a little sooner. Um, then we're working in parallel with the bookie comes in and what we're underway. But uh, yeah, we're busy. Uh, we've had as many clients or more clients, new, new businesses come to us uh, looking at radio than uh, as much as, uh, as clients have put a hold. We've had a few that have just said, okay, we're just going to back off a little bit. 
and depending on the category, uh, that there's different reasons for doing that. But we've probably had more brands um, that we're working with, and some of them are new to radio, as I said, uh, because they are aware that there's increased listening and um, that people are turning to radio because they're getting the, the entertainment that they need to keep them company during the day. Uh, but they're getting this connection to real-time updates, which things are changing so quickly to be able to get to know that whatever they're listening to will be interrupted if something big comes along. So uh, I think that the, uh, you know, we're certainly uh, enjoying a, a, a busy time um, and you know, who knows how long that'll continue. It could just be a fluke, <laughs> but uh, we're hoping it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a sustained period for us as well. It, um, and I'll, I'll go on to talk about where people are listening and it sort of seems a strange time to be, to be asking about listening in the home because that's, that's all a lot of people can do at present. But there's been a perception and probably one I've, I've had a bit too much that, that a lot of radio was commuter commuter only where especially in the car so you listen on your way to work and your way home but um peter whitehead that's that's not completely true is it no i don't think it is i think in home listening is is habitual you know people wake up with radio you get your news fix as i touched on before or you connect with your favorite recce show and smart speakers are driving that even further so smart speakers obviously making it easier to engage with radio through a quick chat with uh, alexa or google and I think, to your point, it's surprising to many that at-home listening is not dropping off. So at-home listening uh, or audio listening in the home, it makes up 52% versus 26% of listening in the car. And 74% of that in-home listening is to commercial radio. So it's pretty strong. And then you look at podcasts and 76% of podcast listening also occurs at home versus 67% out and about 32% at work. So it probably does surprise quite a few. And... Um, you know, with social distancing likely to increase, you look at the lines between home listening and work listening and they'll start to blur. Listeners are going to seek the comfort of reliable content that they can access in their home. And, you know, if we look at week-on-week -week growth of smart speakers, as I touched on, you know, we're seeing double-digit growth there as well. And one thing I've been thinking about is, you know, people in the home, whilst, whilst screen viewing is going up, people in the home office won't be looking at their screen or their TV all day. They'll have their headphones on. And they'll be listening to linear radio or podcast or streaming as they go about their remote work day. And you've also got to think about thousands of students who will be setting up remotely uh, learning around the country when they go back to school in Victoria next week and in other states uh, in a couple of weeks. But most parents, including me, will do our best to prevent our kids from uh, looking at any screen between 8.30 and 4 o'clock. But I might be okay for them to have headphones on consuming audio as they get their maths or English done. So that, that'll help push the streaming and the podcast numbers up as well. Jody, could I ask you about the, you know, the people talk about uh, breakfast is prime time for radio. Um, how important is that getting that sort of breakfast audience? And I guess a lot of them at home, some of them are commuting. And would you expect to see any rise in sort of um, other day parts now, given that, um, you know, more people at home and, and are able to listen to a radio where they mightn't be able to in an office situation? 
Um, so breakfast uh, is, uh, you know, it's always been one of the most important uh, segments for radio. And I think um, one of the main reasons why is the personalities um, and what Pete was talking about before with routine, right? Um, people have a real fondness for for certain radio hosts. Um, you tune in to like get the news, but you know, also have a laugh before you start your day. Um, and those routines are still really important during this time. I wouldn't be surprised if radio listening went up during the day because I think it's, you know, it's an extension of office listening at the moment. Um, of course, there's people who have always listened to radio, but as Pete also mentioned, you know, we've got all the kids home, we've got all the uni students home, um, and then for the rest of us who now work at home full time, um, it's just a way to create a normal environment. Like if that's what you were doing at work, that's what you're doing at home now. So from an individual perspective, I think that we definitely see some increases across the day. Yeah. Um, and I guess stay with you, uh, Jody. The, the Peter mentioned before, like there's different ways now: smart speakers, um, apps. Um, he talked about iHeartRadio. Um, tell me about how radio spend is perhaps getting spread across across other other sort of audio audio platforms and the way it can engage different people. I mean, it's still just buying buying that breakfast show or do you look at other things? Do you, do you think about maybe the audiences catching up on a podcast as well and things like that? Yeah, so, I mean, we're definitely starting to see spends diversify, but outside something like a Spotify platform, we haven't really caught up with the audience yet. And there's uh, the main reason that we haven't as agencies is because of uh, measurement, really. Um, you know, what we really want is a measurement that includes, uh, you know, linear radio and streaming radio and, and podcasts. Um, and we're just not quite there yet. Um, we know that people are listening. Um, we definitely want to be there. But, you know, it's like anything in media. If you can't qualify it, we can't, we can't advertising though. Talking about targeting um, in different ways, absolutely. You know, when you're looking at streaming radio and you're looking at podcasts specifically, um, there's it's, it's not the same thing. And you don't necessarily need to be on the highest rating podcast of the moment. Um, when you're looking at podcasts, it's almost more like a, a regular digital buying strategy where, you know, you're looking for an audience across, you know, 25 different podcasts on the iHeart app, right? Um, uh, and outside of sponsorships, you know, that's, that's kind of the best way for us to get the most audience we can. Um, then there's also sponsorships, um, which, is a, which is a whole different sort of way of advertising on audio. We, you don't really do that on um, linear radio in the same way. Uh, and that's really interesting. But again, until we have a really good measurement for all of that, um, it's hard to drive as much spend as, as we probably should be. Peter, talking about, you know, clients um, using all the different sort of platforms radio can offer now, I guess, the different ways people are consuming it, how open are they to experimenting with, with new audio and has, has radio got a job to do, like Jody said, still to, on measurement? Yeah, look, audio has a job to do on measurement, particularly podcasts, streaming and voice. Um, just further to that, in terms of current share of ear, as we say, radio still holds about 84% of listening. Podcasts is up to 10%, streaming's on six. So podcasts and streaming complement rather than replace radio and they all play their role. So radio is always going to be the convenient companion we talked about before, so it creates the connection with the local community. Music's always going to be the mood enhancer and helps people switch on and off. It's replacing CDs and records for those of us who know what they are. And podcasts are there for, for self-fulfillment, so they're going to be the content indulgence where people connect with a special interest content. They're the magazines. And... 
And if you look at podcast, and you know, Jody could probably advise better than, than I can, but if we're advising a client on podcast investment, you look at time spent listening across those three main, main channels that we're talking about, radio, streaming, and podcast, that's increased by 7%. So 20% of the increase goes to radio and 80% has been driven by podcast. So the way we'd look at it is the guide to investment is in line with how consumers are stacking their audio. So for an existing audio advertiser, budgets really should increase by 7% and depending on the role of the campaign, budget should be split across that share of year. So 84% to radio, 6 to streaming and 10% to podcast. Um, interest in podcast advertising, yes, it's, it's, it's tough to measure all three, but it definitely has been surging for the reasons that Jody outlined pre-corona. And if you look at the current COVID-19 times, it's only going to continue to increase because people continue to crave good content. I mean, once you're finished with maths, once you're finished with Tiger King, you're going to be whacking on your headphones and uh, exploring the podcast world, I'm sure of it. And, and you know, as Jody would say as well, you know, most, most marketers are keen podcasters as well, either contributors or consumers, so they understand how powerful the environment is. Ralph, I want to talk to you about... Uh audio creative and that um, the ads that work today, are they, are they different from maybe two, three years ago? Uh, well, I, it, it depends which ads. <laughs> I mean, I think that it's, it's never a good time for a crap ad. <laughs> right. And um, the uh, radio seems to, it, it appears to have more than its fair share of crap. Uh, but I think that it's, it's just because it, it stands out because radio is an intimate medium. Um, it, it can appear to be a little more grating because of a bad ad. But I think that the, the things that hold true about good creatives st still hold, hold true today and uh, haven't really changed. I mean, there's, there's never a good time to shout at listeners and, and be pushy and give them too much hard sell. Um, audio is an intimate medium. So has the ability or brand has the ability to get alongside an audience one-to-one -one and, uh, and now I guess it's just even more important to reflect, I guess, the feelings and mood uh, of, of the listener and show that a brand understands them uh, because people are uh, in uncertain times and I think that your brand could be really reassuring. And I think of late we've probably had more references in, in our ads to togetherness and home and family, um, but that's just about a brand being as relevant as it possibly can to its audience, both in demographic and also in context. And if we know that audiences are going to be spending more time together as a family and be limiting to, limited in what they can do and what, where they can go and what they can buy, um, then for a brand to reflect that just shows that they're agile and they're, they've got, you know, that, that, that they're listening to what's going on. But uh, yeah, creatively, there's the, 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 the same principles hold true. Um, and although we can get to market faster, which is a great um, benefit of radio, being able to pivot and create a message that is, is conceived and produced and, and broadcast within a couple of days, it doesn't mean that you can compromise or that you should compromise on the creative and just let anything out because whether they like it or not, every ad is a brand ad, and if you're sounding cheap and pushy and badly produced, that's the brand you are. So, uh, yeah, the, 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 the same principles hold true. Uh, and, you know, with new brands coming to radio, uh, 
I think they all, they, they're understanding that they need to still be them. They still need to be as big and as, as sophisticated um, in their production values to, to demonstrate what sort of a business they are. Just wonder about that creative challenge because I'm sure you're right with the, the messages marketers are getting out. Jody's buying them and Peter's running them, but it, it must be a bigger creative challenge, isn't it? To to when you're sort of you've got to be a bit more laid back and and caring maybe in all your messaging because it's not really a time for any hard sell, is it? Well, it's just it's got to be conversational. Radio is a com- or audio in general is a conversational medium, and it's an intimate one to one environment so uh, you know that's the tone of voice you should have all the time Uh, we put up with a lot of the advertising and the reason we do and we accept the trade-off that ads you know you give us ads in return for uh, awesome content Uh, but we do zone in and zone out constantly and the boring is stuff that interrupts us that talks at us or talks down to us uh, will make us zone out. We still hear it, but we don't listen to it. So it's just, uh, uh, a, and some of those advertising, some of that advertising still works. Just the, the, the basically the, the mere exposure effect still has an effect, but you can do so much more. You can be so much more compelling uh, with the creative that moves people rather than just is exposed to people. Jody, uh, in times like this, I mentioned before that uh, IAB stat about 85% of brands being impacted one way or another with, you know, revising, stopping, increasing their their spend. How has radio been in sort of reacting to challenges you and your colleagues have had about, you know, about changing what you thought was going to be the sort of um, lay of the land this year? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone in radio has been... uh, doing the two things that you have to do right now, which is being flexible and uh, easy to deal with, right? Um, That's what we're looking for. And I mean, luckily for us at uh, Publicis, we have a very heavy FMCG load, um, which means that we are still advertising, so which is really great. Um, And the guys in radio are helping us with quick turnarounds, creative changes, you know, whatever we can do to make sure that it's the right messaging on radio at the moment. And I think importantly for our clients, you know, what radio is offering them is two main things, which is immediacy and trust. Um, So we can use the trust of radio um, to get our messages out there and, you know, we can do it really, really quickly, faster than most other mediums. Peter, it's uh, it's one of the hardest things for a salesperson to deal with sometimes that um, when you think you've sold something (laughs) and you've got it all constructed and locked away and someone knocks on the door and says, look, I've got to pull all this or change it. Um, how, how big a challenge has it been for you and your team? Oh, look, I think week one, uh, it was a challenge. Week two, we got used to it and, and we're just dealing with it now. We, and we're used to the, the key to this is just adaptability and agility. And, and I think that's where, that's where radio comes to the fore, as you would have heard. Um, you know, yes, we've got speed on our side and, you know, as Ralph said, you, you can get a radio commercial up, scripted, recorded and in place half the time of other media. And radio campaigns can be tailored to exactly what someone needs that day. You can change spots in a second. So adaptability, as I said, is critical. And, and the key thing for us is just um, is understanding that businesses right now have to adapt uh, on a regular basis. So you know, pubs now have to do home delivery. Stores now only sell online. Real estate agents recently, REA, 
you know, who would have had real estate agents showing people through houses for sale, now you can only go online to inspect a home. So we have to work out how we bring that to life on air. And the other part of it, I guess, to Jody's point too, is, is radio strength um, is, is that bond that it forms with the listener and, and the announcer. And if you listen to radio now, there are more and more live reads coming through too. So a live read with an announcer explaining how a new business model might work. So business X, you might have shopped like this, but now you will shop like that. So if Christian O'Connell's and Ross Stevenson's and Robin Bailey's bring the new business models together through basic live reads. And then the other part of it too, I've also picked up is lots of business owners, particularly SMEs, voicing their own ads. So be it retailer, law firm, uh, insurance company, using radio to provide their own voice of authority and sense of trust to help you get through these tough times. So that sense of personal touch and, and connection that, that can't be provided through other mediums. So it's, it's interesting listening to radio right now as you and the different creative executions that you're hearing. Yeah, Jody, is that that stat at the start about um, SMI saying, look, the the pullback and the sort of lower ad spend might be as bad as some people thought. Does that does that ring true with you? Uh- Yes and no. I mean, I think that there's obviously certain categories that are getting really affected and, you know, we, we all know what they are, travel, um, some food. Um, but I think for the most part, you know, as uh, like our clients and most advertisers are really looking at this period um, and trying to be responsible. Um, you know, we don't want to pull out of advertising. We don't want to go backwards. We want to keep things as normal as possible. Um, so, it's been better than I think we initially expected. Um, but, you know, there's some categories that have been really, really affected. Um, like uh, auto is a category that's been really affected in a way that I definitely didn't foresee because they've had to close their dealerships. Um, so, you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, I think April's, April's going to be hard. And then, um, you know, we're, we're already starting to see a bit of a bounce back in May. Ralph, we heard... Um Peter a second ago talk about the different sorts of ads. He was talking about live reads. Um, a, a lot of direct clients do that sort of stuff, I guess. Just out of interest, do you work with any um, sort of business owners that, that do you ever do like um, people, vo- owners who do their own ads? Do you ever work with them on, on creative or is that just doesn't happen? Uh, we do from time to time. I think it's not, it's not a sustainable approach i think that it works now for a uh like a let's get real let's get uh uh, authentic and heartfelt you know the the owner of the business coming on and being uh putting his money where his mouth is this is what we're trying to do it's a really good way of communicating an earnest um uh, attempt at you know pivoting i think it's not a long-term brand position though i think that it, it's limiting it's too limiting so we will use it as a as a as one of the weapons uh but we would still recommend that a brand has its own sound it has its brand voice has an audio logo has a either piece of music something that really encapsulates the brand in sound um, and then you can in, insert for, for a period of time the, the owner's voice within that for a period but then when that changes you've still got the the essence of the framework that's distinctive and recognizable um I, you know it, it's something that you should use sparingly because then it becomes otherwise it becomes a bit uh meaningless and you start to zone out they you know you hear the first couple of words and you go oh, I, I can finish this in my head and you 
attempted to zone out. But as a bit of a circuit breaker, it can be really effective. Um, but yeah, it's, as I said, we would recommend having a, a distinctive brand sound and a framework that can be continued for regardless of what's going on out there. And could I stay with you, Ralph, too, and ask about radio and its ability to be agile? Um, how how quickly can you pivot when um, you might have to maybe re-edit ex- an existing uh, creative or or just take on a new project and somebody wants to get it out there and on air quickly? This is a dangerous question, James, because if <laughs> I say how quick we can do it, everyone's going to expect it to be done in that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, the reality is we've been briefed on a Monday and the ads are on air on Tuesday. That's, that's not out of the question. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's, it's possible to do that, but that would be an update or, and ideally we'd have an existing framework that we can just adapt to, but to create a framework and a brand sound from scratch in a couple of days, that's not advisable. Um, so w- Typically, our t- turnaround time would be we've just done a new campaign for a brand new advertiser, and uh, it was a two-week period. So that's that's given us time to basically uh, digest the brief, define how that brand is going to sound moving forward, cast it well, direct it, produce it, and then go back for any tweaks. So that that gave is a good period of time for us to to do it to do it well. Um, so it, it can be done faster, but we would advise getting it right first time rather than getting it on air quickly. Peter Whitehead, is that a dangerous question for you too? I mean, um, if Jody hears you saying, you know, you can uh, you can swap out ads really quickly, what what would you answer? Oh, exactly the same as Ralph, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes back to the agility, it comes back to the needs. Um, I think in these times, agencies and clients aren't going to get a lot of pushback. We're all out there trying to help and trying to trying to provide solutions as quick as we can. Yeah. And Jody, do you have to do that at times? Have you got to, you know, pull things and, and change things sometimes at short notice? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always been... Um something that we've had to deal with, especially with retail clients or like even FMCG supermarkets, um, things change pretty quickly. But right now, especially, obviously, um, you know, we need uh, to be as flexible as possible. And and we have found that everybody is being really thoughtful and helpful because we're all just trying to get through the next couple of months in the best shape that we can. Yeah. Have, have you changed your or have your clients changed strategy? Like, is it is this not a time for brand building maybe? Is it, is it you know, promoting specific um, calls to action or what, how would you sum it up? Uh, no, I mean, we're definitely still doing both. I think some of the tone of the brand ads has changed to be more community focused. Um, but in general, you know, we're seeing equal amounts of um, acquisition and, and branding uh, I think for the guys that are still on air, you know, um, everyone's just trying to be as business as usual as possible because we really do want to keep some sense of uh, normalcy during this time. Um, But, you know, our agencies have all worked really hard on, you know, building out almost decision trees for their clients so that, you know, they can look at how they can respond to what's happening right now. You know, is it, a, you know, do you have stock? Then this is the kind of thing that we need to be looking at. Like, is this a creative re- refresh? You know, how, how can we give our clients comfort um, 
you know, that they are doing the right thing during this time. So that's probably the biggest change. It's interesting, though, that the, uh, the the businesses are having to pivot, right? So we can see some great examples of, of some really amazing innovation. Uh, but even if a business, business doesn't, the communication, there's an opportunity for the communication to pivot. And you're mentioning that there's been a big drop in autos. It seems nuts. I, I'm amazed that I haven't heard any or seen any ads that reference the amount of time that we've got at the moment to look for a new car. Yeah. And there are brands that are on our radar because we're familiar with them or, you know, we've bought them in the past. They're kind of, you know, all the stats show that they are your first go-to brands. For a, for a challenger brand to come on air and say, now you've got a chance, have a look at this website, do some shopping, do some virtual test drives, check us out because this, you know, you, you're forgetting this option or whatever the words are, but coming on air and actually saying, well, now you've got a moment. <laughs> You're not commuting. So why not do your commute online this morning and check out this car, this model, and actually um, acknowledge the fact that we can't go to a dealership, but the next best thing is to actually do some window shopping. It's like that, that's just the pivot of the communication. And, and you'd think that there's, you'd see more of that kind of, Uh, messaging out there. And I I think that's an opportunity for not just in that category, but just generally finding a way of just being so much more relevant, acknowledging the listener's environment, the fact that they're at home, the fact they've got kids all around them, they're trying to work, all those things. And if you could be that in in the ad, you get a lot of brownie points as a brand. Uh, And I do, I do think that's phase two, right? I think, you know, April is, um, the reaction to what's happened and everyone's just trying to fix, like figure out the supply chains and logistics and how to, how to talk to people again. And I do think phase two will be more of that kind of messaging. And um, I mean, I saw an ad last night on, on television because everyone's watching that again um, and for Lexus. And it's, it was an excellent ad, but it was just about they will come and pick up your car and clean it for you and Oops. then bring it back so that you don't have to go out. Oh, okay. um, during this time. Right. Uh, and I just, I, I thought it was really, it was really clever and, and, and a way to keep that sort of brand love going for the people that have Lexus already, obviously. Um, but you know, I think, I think we will see more of this in phase two. I think we have a lot of clients out there, um, you know, just like the rest of us who are, and this may be uh, magical thinking, but, you know, we're waiting for a little bit more certainty before we decide what we're going to do next. Um, you know, we, th- at the moment it's so op- open-ended. I think there's just a lot of, you know, uncertainty creates fear and, and people just aren't sure what to do. So as we settle into this or come out of this, I think that's when we'll start to see sort of phase two messaging. Peter, we've, um, we discussed there a couple of categories. We were mentioning auto. Um, and Jody mentioned a couple before, obviously travel's been impacted. Tell us about how you sort of study the, the different ad categories and, and do you project um, how, they're, how they're being impacted and, is, and any comments about things that are, have been particularly hurt, hurt, hurt harder and on the other hand, are there things that are holding up maybe better than expected? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think those that have been hurt are the obvious ones. You know, that they are the events that can no longer happen. They are the shops that are no longer open. They are the products that can't be sold anymore and so on. So, you know, that, that's impacted every medium. But we're still seeing solid growth out of a number of categories. I mean, obviously government is one. 
government need to be getting their messages out there, both both federal, state, and local government. So, you know, they are putting a lot of money into into every platform to make sure that we're hearing loud and clear what the next stage lockdown involves. Um, and I've actually I've been interested in some of the creative too that they've been putting out there and the use of a sonic trigger. And I think it's the Victorian government and right now starts with a sonic trigger and then kicks into just a, a very basic message, but you have to stop and listen because you've heard the sonic trigger, you've heard the chime, so you must listen to the ad because you're keen to hear. So that's, that's great use of radio. Retailers, yeah, they're continuing to, uh, to spend you know, from every supermarket is, is spending and uh, liquor chains and so on. It's just the short-term nature. You know, that they probably make a decision to, to book media a day out. So it's currently Thursday. We'll see bookings come in for tomorrow and through Easter today. We know that. Insurance companies are spending, law firms I mentioned before, clearly unfair dismissal is a hot topic right now. Um, banking and finance continue to spend, online learning is big, FMCG to Jody's point before, hopefully phase two, we'll see that really kick up. Um, so there's still, and telcos as well, NBN. So there's still plenty of money coming through from various categories. Um, yes, as I said, cancellations hit us hard and hit us hard in the first two weeks, but um, yeah, it's starting to build again now. The... Uh We've heard a number of marketing experts sort of encouraging brands to continue to advertise, um, reminding them that, look, it's a driver of growth, drives revenue. But for a lot of people, you know, 2020 will be about surviving. Uh, I think it's all very well to give out that messaging, but I think you've, have you got to be careful, though, that you do recognise that some people are really hurting and, and don't have any option at present? Jody. I mean, I think it's obviously a, a balance at the moment. I think if you're out there with branding messages, I think it's important to, um, you know, consider how they'll land at the moment. And, and that's sort of the messaging that we're starting to see people come through with. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why branding hasn't stopped because um, it's the easiest place to do that. And then I think uh, for most other things, um, advertisers are trying to keep things normal and uh, price and, and products that we, we need on a regular basis. I don't, I don't necessarily think it's insensitive, um, but obviously it weighs heavily on marketers' minds right now. So uh, like we were saying before, I do expect if this goes on for longer, we will start to see sort of like a phase two of messaging through this time. And Peter, you've sort of addressed this before, I guess, when you said, you know, look, everybody's working with everyone at the moment, but but there are people who just just can't really advertise, are they? And you can't, you're hardly going to ring up and pressure them. No, you're not. And I think this is where um, the most important thing for us now, and this I'm talking through both smaller direct clients all the way up to the, to the major retailers who have big budgets. It's about understanding their needs. So. It's it's working through the settling period where we adjust to these market conditions and throughout the period we stay as close as we can to our clients and agencies without being too clingy uh, in order to gain an understanding of the challenges and how we can help solve them. So as we move into the next phase, we know that uh, a particular strategic direction they might have taken in the past is not suitable this time around. So the key is just understanding their needs is not selling, is supporting, is making sure that whatever we're putting in front of them is spot on and and we've got a total understanding of how they might have adapted their business model and we're tailoring our audio strategy accordingly. Jody, could I could I ask about any pricing pressure? I mean, there's different sectors are always competing for for sort of for, for revenue. Is that is that coming into the sort of equations at, at all these days? 
Uh, look, I think there's a little bit of that going on out there at the moment. Um, but I think for the most part, agencies and clients, you know, we really want to be supporting the industry right now. Um, we're not trying to take advantage of people um, when times are tough. We are, you know, trying to get through this all together. Um, I know that a lot of the um, different channels are definitely, you know, offering um, lower pricing, uh, which we will, of course, take. Um, but in general, like it's not really in anyone's best interest for us to be really taking advantage right now. You know, we want to come out the other side of this with all of our media partners still here and intact and all of our agencies and all of our clients. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to moderate that as best as possible. Peter, is it a hard time to be holding the line? Oh, Yes and no. I mean, we know that this time will pass. It is a very hard time for all people, but the last thing you want to do is bastardise your product and give it away. I mean, so that's the thing. Integrity is important. So I think what's important is partnering and, as I said before, staying as close as we can, particularly to our agency partners, just to make sure that we're on the same page as to what we need to do to get through. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great word, that integrity, isn't it? You want to hold the integrity. I, I heard it referred to when they were talking about the, the NRL trying to work out all these different ways of coming back quickly and the, the comment was, yeah, but look, you want to keep integrity around the game and I guess that, that that's what it gets down to too. I sort of might wrap this up. Ralph, any sort of um, closing thoughts you've got and how confident are you about the, um, the future of radio advertising? I think there'll always be a, a, a need in our lives for local, uh, real-time connection. And so as long as that remains, radio will play a role. It frees us from using our hands and our eyes to do other things. So it's just too bloody efficient for it to, <laughs> to fail or to disappear. Uh, there are other audio platforms and they have different uh, degrees of engagement like podcasting and, and uh, voice coming along and and streaming, but the the real time live connection of radio, I think, just gives it a uh, you know just makes it robust. So I don't have any um, doubts about the, the forecast for the medium. Uh, at the moment, I feel I feel like it's it's a medium that is very useful uh, for a number of reasons for brands. Um, so I think that uh, for the ones that are understand the benefits of advertising at a difficult time and if there is a recession the, the benefits of advertising and the potential for growing a market share through a recession um, then you know, a medium like radio allows is, is an affordable way to keep that sort of presence out there so yeah I'm, I'm optimistic about the medium um, we have to adapt creatively and we have to uh, uh, businesses have to adapt in their messaging uh, but that's something that's um, that, that, that we can help them with. Jody Fraser, you and your colleagues at uh, Publicis, we, we heard some of your concerns a little earlier about you mentioned uh, measurement and uh, Peter responded to that, but um, you're a broadcast media specialist. Do you, do you still see radio as being vibrant, you know, out the other side of this into the future? Absolutely. I mean, radio is one of those mediums that, you know, it's, it's always been there. It's always going to be there. Um, and, you know, if, if this uh, very uncertain time does anything, I'm, I think it will help build the bond between people and radio again because, you know, it's that sense of community. It's that sense of being in touch with people again. Um, so I think it can only, only get better. 
and uh, Peter, finally from you, you know, you've you've got the heavy hitting uh, FM shows out there. We're we're not going to have surveys for for a little while this year, but um, you're pretty confident they'll still engage with their audiences, and and you're going to have some metrics that'll be coming out anyway, won't you? Sort of reminding people about the radio audiences out there. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that connection is key uh, in these times, more so than any other time. Pe- people needing to engage. You know, and needing to hear positivity, and that's what you get through radio, particularly FM radio. It's it's sort of it's the original social media without the trolls, because it's people being able to engage and talk, and the talk back, and the callers, and and everything that radio provides is so important as we get through these times. And then again, as we went through before, just the agility and the cost effectiveness of the medium um, brings a lot to advertisers too. So. You know, this is these are difficult times, um, but they present new opportunities, and um, you know, we're all I think we're all doing a great job to work through them together. All right, look, that's great. Look, thanks so much, all of you, for um, speaking to us today about radio and the challenges that uh, it's it's facing these days. Uh, my broadband uh, managed to hold out for the uh, the remainder of the conversation. So, um, great chatting to you, and thanks again. Thanks, James. You're welcome, James. No Thank you. Thanks, guys.